0: Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. To find out more, or to add your support for as little as a dollar a month, visit patreon.com slash manowaker. Welcome to Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm C.B. DeRoghe. This week, Visiting Rights. By James A. Hartley The interdimensional interstices, or some such? That's what they'd called them. There was no way he could have known there'd be one there, and he'd been stupid enough to trip on that lava extrusion. Can you spare some change, please? That was smoke, huddled in the doorway next to him. Somehow the Strand wasn't as hospitable as Waterloo Bridge before they'd been moved on. There'd been more shelter at the bull ring. Much more. Can you spare some change, please? The place had changed so much since last time he was here. What, 300 years ago? He pulled the sleeping bag tighter about his shoulders and hunched back into the corner. It was so cold. What had happened to belief? It was hard to understand how people's perceptions could change so much... Why, for hundreds of years, there'd been consistency, continuity, and now... Spare some change? Oh, shut up, Smoke. I'm trying to think. You shut up. You're always trying to think. Doesn't put bloody food in our mouths, does it? Food. Brian had no real need of food, but he was hardly going to let Smoke know that. He turned his attention to a pair of Japanese tourists heading down the street toward them. As the couple neared, he tracked them disinterestedly. They averted their gaze and drew to the outer edge of the pavement, away from the bundled pair in the doorway. They were probably heading down to take photographs at Nelson's column, stupid grinning faces and lion statues in the background. It just wasn't fair. Any other century and he'd have found an eager welcome from some alchemist or practitioner of the black arts or even a simple village witch. Now he was left out in the cold. Magic required belief and somewhere in the intervening years, belief had trickled away to be replaced by hard-nosed technology and a focus on the material. Maybe he'd be better off heading up to Camden or Hislington. There was bound to be some vestige of belief left among the neo hippy counterculturists. There was still a hard core of crystal-wielding navel-gazers around Camden Lock. But somehow it wasn't quite right. It had all become too commercial. Or maybe he should try Bristol. There were always students who dabbled. Oxbridge was right out, he knew. Students in either of the grand universities held too high an opinion of themselves to let themselves become involved in such primitive, superstitious rites. He'd done a stint as a cat, but that had gone quite badly. There he was, innocently strolling up to some old woman on the street, trying to feed from her, prepared to reward her with service for the favor, and she'd taken to him with her stick. People were just so ungrateful. Once had been enough. He'd tried to seek a way back, searching through the tunnels under the city, but a train had almost cut him in half, and it had taken him nearly a full day to repair the damage. Things were much better with his own kind. Briarfoot is what they'd called him, and now he missed them. Where were his friends and masters now? Bareth, Shezbel, Azazel, Mighty Astaroth, all on the other side of that gap in damnation and out of his reach. Now he was reduced to huddling in doorways and calling himself Brian, sharing a doorway with a 'er ne'er-do-well called Smoke. Lend me something for a cup of coffee, he asked his companion. Why the hell should I? I'm cold. I'll just pop into McDonald's and get us some coffee, huh? About time you earned some of your own. Ah, come on, Smoke, he said with a sigh. All right, then. If you're going, make mine a tea. "'Smoke poured a trickle of change into Brian's outstretched hand. "'And make it sweet. "'But next time I go and you take a turn bringing in some cash, "'I'm sick of you sitting here doing nothing but wine.' "'Brian stood, shrugging the sleeping bag from his shoulders. "'Thanks, Smoke,' he said. "'McDonald's was only a few doors down, right next to Charing Cross Station. "'He hobbled down the street, strained with the door, "'and slipped inside to find himself a place in the queue.' Other customers looked at him warily, distaste marking their expressions. They slipped past him to take up positions in other queues. Well, damn them, damn them all. He'd have his revenge after they were dead and his masters were plucking them limb from limb, then putting them back together again. As he reached for the tea and coffee, he sniggered at the thought. He ignored their sidelong glances as he made his way back to the door, bearing two warming cups of hot liquid. He walked back to their chosen doorway more slowly, carefully, not to spill any of the precious fluid. Placed the cups down and stooped to peel back the plastic lids. He passed smoke his tea, then carried his coffee back to his corner, rearranging the sleeping bag about his shoulders. "How come you feel the cold so much, Brian?" asked smoke as he sipped at his cup. "You wouldn't understand." "How do you know? You just wouldn't." "So try me." "It's a lot hotter where I come from," Brian said, sighing again thinking that would be the end of it. You never talk about where you come from, Brian. I'm interested. We've been sharing a space for what, two, three months now? The least you can do is tell me where you come from. You wouldn't believe me. So try me. Me, he said with a short laugh. I come from hell. Yeah, I know what you mean. Place I came from was a real pit. Here's not much better. No, I mean literally. I came from hell, came here by accident, tripped on a rock, fell through a hole, end of story, here I am. Well, that was a pretty stupid thing to do, wasn't it? Brian turned and looked at him. He'd expected more than that, some sort of reaction, disbelief, anything but an offhand comment. He'd only told him the truth to shut him up. Smoke was peering at him thoughtfully. So how do you intend to get back? I haven't figured that out yet. Smoke sighed. Pity, I was hoping you might have. What do you mean? Smoke looked at him for a long time before answering, slowly sipping his tea. It was probably the very same rock, lumpy piece of lava shaped like a dog's head. Brian nodded slowly. Damn, said Smoke. So I guess we're both stuck. He sighed. Stuck in bloody London. Least until we can work something out, or hopefully until Beltane. We might just be lucky then. That's when they're supposed to open the gateways. You mean you said Brian. Uh Uh-huh. Brian stared at him open-mouthed. There wasn't anything to say. Slowly, he turned back to face the street and the well-dressed passers-by. Can you spare some change? He said. This has been Visiting Rights, written by James A. Hartley. For more information about Menowaker Studios' other projects, including books and games, visit Manowaker.com, which is also where you should go to learn more about the authors featured on this podcast or to get details about submitting a story. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios director of Dice is Ben Baston. I'm C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at C.B.D.R.O.E.G.E. Thanks for listening on the next installment of manawaker studios flash fiction podcast everyone in town called him uncle adopting him as their unofficial relative after the death of his wife and children two decades back at first some had called him grandpa wallace but he didn't take to that